Salutations, Scoob Believer. Do you have a dream of becoming an entrepreneur, but don't know where to start or even what to do? Where can I gather information quickly about what's in my zone of genius? Don't worry, Scoob Believers. I got you covered. Go to tuepodcast.net backslash AI prompt and check out an amazing set of AI prompts that will give you ideas, information, and articles to help you get across that start line. Once again, go to tuepodcast.net backslash AI prompt to get you started now. Good luck, Scoob Believer. Hello there, Scoob Believer. Hey, if you're anything like me, I am just so tired of going from screen to screen to screen trying to figure out my analytics for all of my social medias and trying to figure out where I can put any and all my energies to get as much reach as I can. Well, I think I've finally found the solution. Elementary analytics. That's right. Elementary analytics. Now at a single press of a button, I can see all my social media analytics from Google to Twitter to Facebook, all my important information all on one screen, all on one screen. Can you believe it? And if you really needed to, you could print charts for any possible meetings you might have. If you want to learn more about this amazing program, go to tuepodcast.net backslash EA for a 14-day free trial with no credit card needed. That's tuepodcast.net backslash EA for a 14-day free trial. Try it right now and see what it can do for you. Undiscovered Entrepreneur, getting our kicks on episode 36. You know, one example he talks about in the book is is like an ice cube and and just is putting an ice cube like like on, on on a kitchen table and if the temperature is like 28 degrees it's not going to melt and you raise it to 29 degrees nothing's going to happen. You raise it to 30 degrees nothing's going to happen and so on until you get to like 32 33 degrees then it starts to melt. 35 starts to melt and it goes it goes quicker and what everybody sees is like 32 33 34 they don't see 20 to 30. So then everybody wants to call it an overnight success. The reality is like there's always that period of time where you're pouring your soul into the project. Welcome to the Undiscovered Entrepreneur, the podcast where brand new entrepreneurs come to life and could quite possibly be discovered. Join me, DJ Scoob, and the rest of the Scoob Believers as we help these new businesses become a reality. And now, away we go! Hello, Scoob Believers, and welcome to the next episode of The Undiscovered Entrepreneur, and it's me, DJ Scoob. <laughs> Coming at you, whatever device you happen to be listening on. Today, we have something really good for you. Number three of three of experienced entrepreneurs. Today, we're talking to the owner of Green Pal, Brian Clayton. I really like talking to him in this because he talks about how his uh, business was like a uh, a 10-year overnight success. I love talking about that. It was awesome to listen to. And it was really nice to be able to talk to him and figure out where he came from and how he got to where he is today. He has some fantastic information, uh, books to read. I mean, I'm just going to go right into it here because there's just way too much to talk about up front. I'm going to let you to listen to it yourself. So, ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you Brian Clayton.
Salutations, Scoop Believers, and we are here again with our next amazing entrepreneur. Today, we're actually featuring a experienced entrepreneur. Say hi to Brian. Hi, Brian. How you doing? I'm doing great, Jesse. Great to be here. Great, great. All right. Thanks for coming on to Undiscovered Entrepreneur. Now, I have one really serious question to ask you, okay? Are you a Scoop Believer? I'm a Scoop Believer. I'm bought in. I'm in. I'm in the tribe. All right. Yes, we have our next scoop believer. Thank you so much, Brian. Thanks to you for uh, being a scoop believer. I appreciate you. Now, we're going to just kind of have you tell a little bit about yourself, what you do, how long you've been doing it for, and a little bit of your story, if you don't mind. Yeah, sounds good. So my name is Brian Clayton. I'm CEO and co-founder of a company called GreenPal. GreenPal is a mobile app that works like DoorDash or Uber, but for landscaping services. So if you are a homeowner and need to get a lawn mowing service, rather than calling around on Craigslist or Facebook or Yelp, you just download GreenPal, pop your address in, you get hooked up with a great lawn mowing service in a matter of minutes and just pay and schedule them right through the app. GreenPal is a 10-year overnight success. My co-founders and I have been at this business for over a decade, and now we are nationwide in the United States. Over 300,000 people use our app to get their grass cutting services done. Around 34,000 landscaping contractors use it to run their business. And so we have built this thing from the ground up and self-funded it, bootstrapped it, haven't taken on any outside capital, which is pretty rare for tech companies these days. But we've kind of gotten to where we are just by slow, consistent, steady gains. And here we are. We've got the nationwide largest network of landscaping services you can hire with your smartphone. I love that you mentioned a 10-year overnight success because a lot of people hear overnight success. They think, oh, yeah, it just happened a couple of days. No, it don't work like that. That's for darn sure. <laughs> So how did you actually get started? What really was the catalyst to get you started in this entrepreneur adventure? Yeah. So I've been a lifelong entrepreneur. I was dragged into business ownership by my dad on a hot summer day in 1995. He said, get off your butt. I've got a gig for you. You're going to go mow the neighbor's yard. And he made me go cut the neighbor's grass. <laughs> and uh, luckily he did that because uh, I worked for like maybe an hour or two hours and I got paid. Oh, 30 bucks. And I thought, this is incredible. Why doesn't everybody just do this? This is, this makes perfect sense to me. Uh, and I was hooked. I was hooked on business ownership from that moment forward. And I just stuck with that lawn mowing business uh, all through high school and through college. And when I graduated college, I had to make a decision. Was I going to go into the job market like my friends or stick with this landscaping company? I didn't really want to be a lawn guy my whole life, but I thought maybe this could be my lane. This could be my my way to level up. And so I made a business plan and uh, ended up building over 15 years, one of the largest landscaping companies in the Southeastern United States, building the business over 150 employees, eventually getting it to eight figures in revenue. And then in 2013, the business was acquired by a nationwide company that uh, that rolled it up into their huge business. And so growing that from just me and a push mower to me and a hundred trucks every day, I learned a, a little bit about building and scaling a company and learned a lot about myself. And when I when I sold the business, something was missing. Uh, something was, uh, a piece of me was gone almost. And, and so I took some time off and I reflected and I thought, I want to get back in the game. What now? And I thought, well, somebody's going to build an app where you can just hire a lawn mowing service through your smartphone. Somebody's going to do, going to do it. Might as well be me. And uh, it was kind of naivete 
as an asset and uh, recruited two co-founders. And we started working on the first version of building GreenPal and quickly learned that it was a lot harder than it looks. It was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. But we celebrated the small wins and just kept going and little by little built it into a real business. It's amazing how when you first get started, it's like you have this idea and you want to stretch this idea as long and as far as you can. And even though you come across some hard times or, you know, it's not sure you take those times and and incorporate it into yourself, learn as you go along and turn it into something great. That's awesome. That's what a great experience and adventure you've had. Yeah, you know, and you just said something that that I truly believe in is that you grow alongside the business. If you're doing business well or even not so well, you as the founder are growing into a whole new person every two or three years because the business is requiring you to level up. It's requiring you to take on skills and learn things that you may never in a million years would have learned. And that's how how I have experienced it in 22 years of of running companies and, and selling one and starting a second one is is that I'm not the same person today that I was even three or four years ago because the company, the business requires me to learn new skills and evolve and grow and mature. And that's one of the things I love about it is that you level up alongside the business. I don't think you get that in many, many other things other than entrepreneurship. Oh, definitely entrepreneurship. Yeah. I mean, you're working out of the jobs, you're staying in one spot and you're only learning so much and you're kind of limiting yourself when you stay there. But when you actually become an entrepreneur, you're always learning new things, new experiences and figuring things out for yourself, which actually makes kind of makes it stick a little bit more when you learn it for yourself and your experiences. Exactly. That's exactly right. And and it's like a forcing function for personal growth. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Okay, I'm going to transition to the next question, if you don't mind. In your first year of the newest business, I guess that we're going to be talking about the app at this particular point. What problems or pitfalls have you had? What was your deepest and darkest problem or pitfall you had when you were first getting started? Yeah, when I was starting GreenPal, one thing that caught me off guard that I really didn't understand until I got into the, the business of inventing this app was that there's a big difference between running a traditional type of business. Uh, could be a restaurant, construction company, a dry cleaning service, landscaping business like what I had. Running that business was really, really hard. And I thought, you know, I got it to 100 people and, and, and multi-millions in revenue and sold it. So here I am thinking, man, that was really hard. And I don't want to do anything that hard ever again. So now I want to do something easier. I want to start a software business because that'd be so much easier. And the thing that caught me off guard that I didn't really anticipate was starting a, a software business is usually you're inventing a new product. You're inventing a new service. You're, you're creating a new way of doing things. You're creating a new experience. And that's like a hundred times harder than starting a traditional business. <laughs> it's much, much more difficult to invent something brand new that does not exist and get awareness about that thing and understand how to solve people's problems in a new way and do so in such a way that's 10 times better than other ways that they could solve the problem. And that's a lot harder than running a traditional type of business. And I really didn't understand that until I, until I got into the trenches of building GreenPal. It was quite evident when we took a nine months or a year to build our first version of the app and we released it 
and it was crickets. It's like, if you build it, they will not come. Yeah. And uh, we ended up our first year with something like 22 customers. And, and uh, I think I knew all of them. And so it was, it was very, very humbling. And it was very, very clear that, wow, this is a lot harder than it looks and then ha- that I thought it was going to be. And the only way that we could just kind of get from one level of the game to the next was just through trial and error, trying things. You know, they didn't work, but maybe something did work about it. And it's iterating over and over and over again. And so we kind of made up a roadmap as we went along and figured it out that way. Fantastic. What a great story. What a great story. What was the thing that actually made it take off? What was that one catalyst that actually finally made it take off? Was it something you did or something that you changed in the app or something like that? You know, from the outside looking in on most business success stories, there's either a narrative or or it seems like there was one move on the chessboard that won the game or there was one like inflection point hockey stick moment. And I think that that is rare. I don't think that happens very often. I think usually it's the res- it's the results of like a lot of little things over and over and over and over again that begin to compound and build up over time. And and that's how it was for us. Um a, a good book that I like about entrepreneurship is Atomic Habits. And the mm-hmm. author talks about in that book, they study like peak Olympic athletes and like the one like it factor between the top one percenters of Olympic athletes and everybody else was their ability to endure boredom. It was their ability to just go through the grind of the same training day in, day out, hours at a time, grueling hours of boring training. Uh, and I think entrepreneurship's a lot like that. Um, the first several years are excruciating because you're just grinding through these tasks over and over again and then making little improvements along the way and hoping that it it builds and compounds over time. And that's how it was for us. There was not one like one thing we did. It was it was a thousand things that we did over and over again. And it's kind of prioritized around what were the one or two, three things that we need to work on at that given time, doing that over and over again, making the experience better figuring out how to reach customers better, figuring out how to keep customers longer. And, and it's making little 1% wins here and there is how we've, we've gotten to where we are today with, with, with $30 million a year in revenue. We ended our first year with, with $1,000 a year in revenue. And, and so from here to there was, a, was thousands of things that, that the team did that incrementally get there. Fantastic. Yeah. Atomic Habits actually is a great book. If anybody wants to take a look at that book and see what it has to offer, I do have it in my resources page on my website. So thank you for mentioning that. And yeah, it's just little things, little wins that you get along the way that you build and change to get to where you want to be. And yeah, sometimes it can be hard and sometimes it could take a little bit of time. But once you actually get there towards the end, that's really when it starts to pay off. I'm glad you chose this effect, not just one thing, but many things that you put together for it to work. Yeah, it's uh it's funny cuz Atomic Habits is about personal development. But that book really maps to to entrepreneurship so well cuz that's how it is. And you know, one example he talks about in the book is is like an ice cube and and just is putting an ice cube like like on a, on a kitchen table and if the temperature is like 28 degrees it's not going to melt. And you raise it to 29 degrees nothing's going to happen. You raise it to 30 degrees nothing's going to happen. And so on until you get to like 32, 33 degrees. Then it starts to melt. 35 starts to melt and it goes, it goes quicker. And what everybody sees is like 32, 33, 34. They don't see 20 to 30. So then everybody wants to call it an overnight success. The reality is, is like there's always that period of time where you're pouring your soul into the project 
and there's very little like actual evidence that it's working, but that's the foundation you have to lay to get the momentum to eventually get it to take off. And that's how building both of my companies, how I've experienced it. It's, 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 it's very much an exercise of faith in the early days. Exactly. So everybody's ever starting a business and entrepreneur adventure, remember the ice cube. Exactly. <laughs> All that's right. how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As you were getting started and figuring things out, did you have any mentors or anybody that you followed that kind of helped you move along, helped you push fo- push yourself forward in your entrepreneur adventure? Yes. Um, a favorite quote of mine is by Mark Cuban, and he says, never take advice from somebody who isn't doing or hasn't already done what it is you're trying to do. And so for me, when when I had to kind of reinvent myself from a blue collar entrepreneur running this this landscaping business to a tech entrepreneur to building a platform, a mobile app, a website to to run the whole industry, I kind of had to there was a big gap between blue collar guy and tech guy. And so I had to like fill in that gap somehow. And I did it through mentors. But I have maybe 30 or 40, maybe even 50 mentors who who I over the years I've learned from who have never met me. Mm-hmm. And and what I mean by that is I have I have consumed everything they have put out in the form of books, podcasts, fireside chats at a conference that I watched on YouTube, uh, maybe even online courses, newsletters, uh, things like that, that a lot of these guys and gals will put out to talk about how they did what they did. And I have I have learned from them asynchronously. You know, the CEO of Uber doesn't have time to mentor me doesn't have time to like answer my linkedin in mail and me saying hey can i take you out to for some coffee or can i pick your brain you know like he doesn't have time for that but this guy over the last you know decade has given fireside chats has given talks has given interviews has talked on podcasts and i can learn uh, about how they did what they did in the early days and how they got to worldwide domination. And so th- I've done that uh, for a decade, learned from people who have done big things that, that are similar to what I'm trying to do. And uh, they were critical and pivotal uh, in terms of, of me kind of reinventing myself. I think as an entrepreneur, you're you're doing three things at once at all times. You're working in the business. You're just mm-hmm. kind of keeping the business going you know, the best you can. You're working on the business. You're developing systems, processes, routines, strategies. And then third thing is, is you're working on yourself. You're reading books. You're listening to podcasts. You're going to YouTube University. You're, you're uh, listening to audiobooks on Audible. All of these things, you're carving out time on a daily or weekly basis to work on yourself so then you can level up. And I think asynchronous mentorship is a big way to do that. Big name people who don't have time to talk to people at a lower level, but have done big things. They're putting out all of the secrets. Just just learn from them. You don't have to like take them to to Starbucks. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool, though, wouldn't it? Would be. Maybe oh, I'll yeah. get there one day. But but until then, <laughs> until then, I got to learn passively. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. I actually talk a lot on a lot of my podcasts about self education, how important it is to be able to educate yourself as you move your along your entrepreneur adventure. And like you said, virtual mentors, uh, pretty much all my mentors are virtual myself. Uh, I have, I haven't talked about them enough. Uh, Pat Flynn is one of my biggest, uh, virtual mentors. Uh, I listen to a lot of his podcasts, a lot of his books. It's amazing how much information you could absorb 
even on a daily basis, if you take, carve some time out for yourself to be able to do that and being able to work on yourself. I like now I've heard about, you know, working on your business or in your business, but I think you're the first person that actually mentioned working on yourself along in that list. And I think that's really super important yes. to be able to work on three yourself. things. Yeah. Three things. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. To be able to work yep. on yourself as you're moving along, as you're going on your entrepreneurial adventure. So that's great. I really appreciate you uh, pointing that out. That's amazing. Yeah. And and uh, I think it was Michael Gerber wrote a book called The E-Myth. And, and th- that book is about the first two points, working in the business and working on the business and knowing the difference between two. Somebody needs to come along and write a, write a sequel, the working on yourself piece, because you as the founder are going to have to get good at like 20 or 30 things, basic bookkeeping, basic leadership, basic copywriting, good design, on a good customer service systems, marketing, social media marketing, uh, l- learning how to how to run an email campaign, learning how to run a referral campaign. Like so you got to learn how to do these things. And I think a lot of times when you're founding a business, like what you are taking in in terms of educational content is like block and tackling for whatever stage of the game you're in, whatever level of the game you're at. Like maybe you're on level one and and you just got to get your first hundred customers. Well, then like at that stage of the game, you need to be learning good copywriting for like good pitch emails. You need to be learning like how to use LinkedIn to develop a prospect list. You need to be learning about how to, how to pitch a good value proposition and how to close. And then, and then maybe level two, looks a little bit more like you're building a sales organization and now you need to learn like you know how to de- how to de- de- develop a predictable revenue uh, sales uh, uh, strategy and how to how to build a sales team like you're learning these things you got to set you got to set aside time to learn this stuff to play the different levels of the game and uh, somebody needs to codify that into a into a well understood I guess framework so so there's a book idea for somebody I might steal that one hope you don't mind there you go. All three. All three. All three at once. All three at once. Or at least the last one, the most important one. Because in, like you said, in E-Myth, the first two are kind of covered. But I haven't read or even talked about or heard anything about that third one, working yep. on yourself. So, okay. That's awesome. I'm actually kind of excited about that. Okay. so Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So, Brian, you've actually accomplished a lot of great things in your lifetime in both businesses that you've had, uh, including the one that you're currently in right now. But what is the one in your vast accomplishments? What is the one thing you're most proud of as far as the accomplishments that you've had so far? One of the things that, that I'm proud of that's a lot of fun is the ability to have an idea and create a business around it and then bring other people along for the ride. And somehow, some way, their lives and their station in life become improved because they got on the rocket ship with you, because they joined you in the journey. And that's a lot of fun. In my first business, from the time I started it to the time I sold it, there's probably 30 employees that had been with me for over 10 years. And I got to watch, you know, as the business grew, their personal livelihoods grew along with it. You know, they were making good, good livings, good money, and, and, and drove, drove good cars, lived in nice houses, sent their kids to good schools. And that was a lot of fun. So that, that to me was like what got me through a lot of the, the challenges. And in my second company, with, because it's a tech company, we can touch more lives and we can, we can reach more people. And 
the thing that's fun about running this business is not only the internal team. I mean, we, we've got 50 people and, and it's all people that are smarter than me in some, some shape or form. And that's a lot of fun. And, and we're all along the ride on, on building this platform. But even better than that is that uh, there's 32,000 small business owners that use our technology to run their business. And so every day we get stories about, hey, because of your platform, because of your app, I was able to triple my revenue and I was able to put a down payment on a house or I was able to buy a better uh, lawnmower that I can ride on. I don't have to push a mower all day. I can ride and I'm not beat up at the end of the day and I can play with my kids or something. That's a lot of fun is because you've had this idea and you built a team and you've created this thing from nothing and then other people get to join you in the journey is what makes it rewarding. It's kind of like, you know, my purpose. I think I think your business can be the answer to that question, what your purpose is. And it certainly has been for me. That's amazing. Making things great for others is really what yeah, all that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's not, you know, it really does come down to that. Now, I know that sounds, you know, a, a, a little cliche because everybody says that. But at the end of the day, you know, it's a Tony Robbins quote. If you're willing to help people get to where they're trying to go, you and your business will go, will, will track along with it. It's really hard to be successful in business looking at it like a zero-sum game where I win, you lose. You know, that's that's kind of how business was in, in the Industrial Revolution and, the, and in the days of Rockefeller and Carnegie. But really, these days, it's no longer that way. It's, it's more like I win, you win, and one plus one is three. Very, very rarely is it zero-sum. And if you look at it that way, particularly in the early days, you're going to have a tough time, I think. Yeah. And I think, you know, the the word entrepreneurial or entrepreneur, I mean, the very beginning kind of had a bad rap because I really think that people really thought we were self-centered. We were egotistical because we're working on this thing. We're all kind of on our th- own thing. But the more I actually dig deep into entrepreneurship and learning about it, I realize that we're all here to help other people in some way, shape and form. And uh, here's a little quote I heard somewhere. Uh, we rise by lifting others. And that's yeah, really what that's- it boils down to. And the marketplace this way is this self-correcting mechanism where you don't really get to take anything out of the marketplace unless you put more in. And, and that's really the way it is. You, you know, Particularly starting a new product from scratch, you, you have to deliver 10 times the value that you take out or else your, your product will never take off. And, and I think that's a good kind of self-regulating aspect of today's marketplace is that you really do have to add more value than you take out of the equation. And if you can think that way, and have that mindset, particularly when you're first getting started, it can kind of help orient you around what's, what's going to be required of, of what kind of leader you are, what kind of entrepreneur you are, and can help set you up for success. Because if you look at it like like the old Daniel Plainview, there will be blood, I drink your milkshake. If you look at it that way, you're, you're going to have a very, 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 very tough time in today's market. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for all that wisdom there, Brian. That was amazing. I'm going to transition into a different question here. Now, say, for example, you ran into somebody that wants to start an entrepreneur adventure. What kind of advice would you give them? What would you have someone look for jumping into entrepreneurship? What kind of advice would you have for them? First thing I would ask is why? Why do you want to be an entrepreneur? Because a lot of times, you know, I get folks that talk to me and they're like, well, you know, I just hate working so hard in my current job and I just want time off and I'm, I want freedom. And, and so I want to just be, want to run my own thing. And I want, I want that freedom. And, and I have to break their heart and say, you know, 
you're going to work twice, three times as hard as what is for half the money for about five to 10 years. Um, and, and then maybe if you're, if you do the, all of those things, right, then you can create a, a business and you can create a system around you to, to give you that freedom. But it's going to be a long time. There's going to be a lot of sacrifice in the, in the first few years and really kind of have to manage expectations around that. And then if they say, yeah, yeah, I know. And, um, I've actually been working on it nights and weekends for the last two years and I'm getting ready, you know, I've already got something going and it's like, if you're a real entrepreneur, you you don't you nothing stopping you from already working on it, even if you have a uh, have a full time job. So I kind of like to try to, to paint a, a realistic picture um, of what what entrepreneurship really does look like. Um, so that would be the first thing is, is managing expectations, and then and then telling somebody that you know if you think about your life in the context of of a storyline. Um, you know, every good movie has a storyline where there's ups and downs and the, and the hero is overcoming obstacles to get to where they're trying to go. And I think to, to, to live an interesting life, you know, you have to have an interesting story and you have to do interesting, hard things. And I think a business, at least for me, has been the answer to those questions. It has been the thing that has lent an interesting storyline to my life. There, there have been ups and uh, high, high highs and low, low, low lows, it, but it's made my life interesting. And so if you can look at it that way, and if you can take on the mission in the terms of like, this is the thing that's going to be my life's journey, it can kind of help set you up for that long haul marathon mentality that's going to be required to, to build a su- su- successful business. And the reality is you don't really know what it's like until you get in there and you get start getting your teeth kicked in and you start really understanding that it is a lot harder than it looks. And, and most people don't make it, you know, it's not for everybody. And, and, uh, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of other ways to financial freedom than entrepreneurship. So, so don't think that you have to start your own business and, and hate it to be successful. There's a lot of other ways to be successful. Exactly. And you could always pivot into something that, you know, you can think you could get into or, you know, try that way. It's not always entrepreneurship, but it does take a special breed to be able to take that journey and accomplish what we've accomplished in our time. Like the hero's journey. I don't know if you've heard of that. You probably have the hero's journey and how that works and how storytelling is done. We all got to have our own hero's journey as we move along in our entrepreneur adventure, the highs and the lows, just like you're talking about. And us taking those experiences in that journey to make it us who we are as entrepreneurs, as people, as ourselves is really important. And to be able to take that journey really is something uh, that is special, especially for me. My journey has been amazing too, ups and downs, just like you were talking about. But I don't think I'd have it any other way. No, I wouldn't either. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't go work in some big corporate machine in a cubicle somewhere. This is not for me. You know, home by five o'clock, Saturday and Sunday off. You know, I didn't have a vacation for for like five years and didn't take off a Saturday or a Sunday for like the first four years of building Green Pal. But like you said, I wouldn't have it any other way because I knew it would be worth it eventually. I was willing to put in that sacrifice because I knew that we could build something big. And I'm glad that I had that mindset. But it's not for everybody and you don't have to do this. You know, everybody thinks that these days you have to kind of go out and do your own thing. You really don't. I, I know a lot of wealthy people that got there by working a career for a big company and did smart things with the money they made and reinvested in real estate and stuff. And and they're filthy rich now. So there's many different ways to success. There is. 
I definitely differ different ways, but for guys like us, this is the way we want it to be done. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> yeah, this is it. All well, right. nobody would ever pay me or hire me to do a, a big job anyway, so I had to make my own job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was in high school, I was actually interviewed for a, a newspaper company. One of the questions they asked me, because it was kind of a hard market when I was graduating, is how are you going to find work? And the one thing I said to them was, well, if I can't find work, I'm going to make my own work. Yes. And yes, I think that's exactly. that's really the catalyst that made me think about I want to be an entrepreneur because that's exactly what we do as entrepreneurs. We make our own work. We make our own jobs and go through the adventure. So Exactly. That just kind of made me think back for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Okay. So one thing I like to do with all my guests on the Undiscovered Entrepreneur is get a six-month goal. So in the next six months, where do you see yourself in your company? Next six months. Uh, so we are finishing out uh, the, the peak season for, for what, uh, what, what our season looks like. So the next six months is a lot of product development uh, that we're building on the app. We have a big initiative where we are building an Instabook feature where you can so sign on to our app and book somebody right off the shelf and not have to wait for a quote. And so we're getting ready to start building that. It's kind of like on Airbnb when you can insta book a, a accommodation and not have to wait for the host to get back to you. So we're working on that. Hopefully we can roll that out uh, for springtime 2023. And uh, and then we also are hiring more engineers. We, we've got three engineers that we've got to hire. And and uh, we, we hire very, very, very slow. Uh, we want to make sure we get the right people on the bus. And, and so uh, by... Six months from today, I would like to have that feature completely rolled out in the platform and another couple of engineers added to the team. And, and so that's what the next six months looks like for me. You're always trying to figure out, you know, what are the highest impact points in the business and what are like the, the two or three things that you can work on today to get where you're trying to go. And it's hard because a lot of times building a company is not like chess. It's like it's like poker. You're looking at the cards on the table and the information you have and you're making bets. You're not really making like uh, this, like on chess, you can see everything. You can see all the inputs. Whereas poker, you, you really are just kind of like making like your best guess. That's how building green pal is a lot of times. You're, you're making bets based on everything you know. And sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. And then you just you figure out what you learned and try again. I hope for you that you get the royal flush. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. For sure. <laughs> I hope so too. Yeah. So it looks like you're uh, working on an Instabook part of your app. That's awesome. And you're looking to hire three engineers. That's great. So I'm actually going to set those as goals for you. What I do with all my guests is in six months, I'd like to follow up with them and make sure they've reached their goals and see what kind awesome. of experiences they had with those. So I'm going to follow up with you in six months. Is that okay, Brian? Fantastic. Sounds good. All right. And something you said real quick too, I'm just going to kind of touch on real quick. Hire slow. Definitely want to hire slow. Take your time to make sure you know who you're hiring and that they're qualified. That way, you know, you know, it's going to work for the company and then fire fast, too, because if they don't want to work, you don't want to spend the extra money on it. So <laughs> exactly. Right. That, that is a lesson. That is a mistake I have made many, many, many times in my in my 22 years of building businesses is, is uh, holding on to people too long and realizing that we have reach the point of necessary endings and not acting on it. It's a, it's a tough, tough thing. It's hard to fire. It's really hard yeah. to fire. It's very emotional because you, you know, you've been with this person for a while, learned who they are, but it's just not quite working out. So. Yep. And, and the other thing that gets me is the sunk cost. 
fallacy. Oh, I've got all of this training in them and maybe they'll turn around and it's like do the right thing. Usually in business, the hard decision and the right decision are the same one. Exactly. Okay, Brian. So it's come to the time of the podcast here. This is your time to shine. Okay. I want you to go ahead and talk to you about your business. Anybody that's listening that wants to get a hold of you and your company and your services, how do we do that? Yeah. So uh, if you have a lawn and uh, the grass grows, somebody's got to mow it. Green Pal is the easiest way in the United States right now, hopefully soon to be Canada, way to get a lawn mowing service. So just download Green Pal in the App Store or the Play Store and you'll get hooked up with a great lawn mowing service in a couple minutes. Anybody that wants to reach me, Instagram is the best place to find me. Brian M. Clayton, just drop me a DM there. All right. Brian, thank you so much for being an undiscovered entrepreneur. It's been an absolute pleasure. I had a great time and I learned so much about you and about entrepreneurship and a couple of things I'm going to keep in mind as I move along here. Awesome, Jesse. Thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it. Absolutely. Okay, school believers, stay tuned for the wrap up. Thank you, everybody. Have a good evening. <laughs>
100% written in client. I'm really excited to to introduce them to you. You'll be able to hear them probably a little more often because we're actually doing more coachings with them and you'll be able to listen in on that. So make sure you follow them. I'm not going to spoil it for you who it is or what it's about, but it's going to be awesome. Make sure you listen in for that. Make sure you subscribe to this so you don't miss it. Also, another announcement I'm going to make is I'm actually going to start more YouTube videos. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't put a new YouTube video out for almost a year. That's right. I've had this going for that long and just haven't been able to do it. But with the help of my Patreon, which I'm actually going to introduce to you here in just a second, um, they're actually helping me out with my videos. So because of them, I am actually able to put new content out on YouTube. So if you go to YouTube and you look up Undiscovered Entrepreneur, you're actually going to find new YouTube videos coming out starting in March. So I'm really excited about that. So another thing I've really been excited about is I've been keeping an eye on Good Pods and where our standings are on our entrepreneur adventure when it comes to our standings in our podcast. I've been keeping an eye on our standings and oh man, I don't know what's been going on, but thank you so much anybody that's been kind of keeping up that's been listening to my podcast and writing my podcast right now at the time of this recording i'm actually number two in entrepreneurship number one in careers and number four in all business so oh boy i i just love you guys so much thank you so much for believing in me and uh go to good pods rate me there if you'd like to uh rate me everywhere i don't know just wherever are you listening to this right now that's where I need you to rate me at. So it makes it a lot easier for you. So so right now, I'd actually like to thank my Patreon, Brian Briggs of Ocean Tree Creative. And you could reach him if you have any questions about anything. That's the person that's putting together my YouTube shorts that I'm doing, uh, some of the new content that I have that's going up on YouTube. If you like what he's doing, you reach out to him at OceanTreeCreate1 on Twitter. And if you want to reach out to me on Twitter, you can reach me at DJ Scoob, that's S-K-O-O-B 2021. And if you want to join my Facebook group, I have a Facebook group now. I want to start a community so we can all learn from each other. And you can look that up at tuepodcast.net backslash FB Scoob, that's S-K-O-O-B. And make sure you look for me at the Breed Treat that's coming up on February 23rd, where I'm actually doing a little bit of a talk on there. It's my first actual one. I'm really excited to be doing that for Numospect. So uh, reach out to me at the places you heard the little blip that I had at the beginning of the podcast of how to get tickets. Uh, it's going to be amazing. You really should take advantage of that account. It's really not all that expensive. And then if you hear any of the resources that you've heard in any of my podcasts, like I said earlier, make sure you go to toepodcast.net. And look at the resources page and see all the books that I've read and all the stuff that I've used to start my entrepreneur adventure. I am still looking for five-star reviews. And if you do put a five-star review out there, I will read it on my podcast. It's really important to me that you all get the accolades. It's all about you. All right, Scoob Believers, thank you so much for another amazing episode. I can't wait to see what happens next. <laughs> thank you, everybody. You've all been amazing. And thank you for following me. Bye-bye now. <laughs> Hello there. DJ Scoob here. And I just want to personally say thank you for listening to my program. I really hope you learned something. Tune in in two weeks 
to listen to another brand new entrepreneur. And remember, I can, I am, I will, and I'm doing it today. Okay, tap the matching pairs. I is yo. Man is ombre. Boy is nino. Nino. Apple's Mansana. Woman is mujer. All right. Uh, Hola, buenos dias. Hola. Gracias. Buenas noches. Thanks. Good night. Sí, yo soy Juan. They want me to type it. So, S-I, yo, es, soy, Juan. Okay, matching pairs again. Boy, they're really kind of dragging this in here, huh? Woman is mujer. Mujer. I is yo. yo. Boy is niño. Niño. I am a soy. Sí. Girl is niña. niña. Okay. Ella es una mujer. Ella es una mujer. El Ella is es mujer. mujer. Oops. Una mujer. Okay. La niña. The girl. Tú eres un hombre. Tú no. eres, eres un hombre. Hombre. There we go. The milk. Leche. No, thank you. No, no. Gracias, Gra- no. No. There we go. El hombre. Now the one we type it again. El hombre. The man. Yo hablo, hablo. español. Tú hablas Habla. inglés. Okay, some conjugation happening there. Mucho gusto. Okay, the one we type it. Mucho. Whoops, better spell it right. M-U-C-H-O-G-U-S-T-O. Mucho gusto. All right. Thank you. Goodbye. Ooh, I can't spell it. Um, I know that's wrong. G-R-A-C-I-A-S. It's gracias. Disculpe, por favor. Disculpe. Excuse me, please. Ella es una mujer. Ella, Ella es eres una, una mujer. Mujer. S, not Eris. Oh, this one says, thank you, goodbye. I know, it's gracias, but I know I'm spelling it wrong. Yeah, G-R-A-C-I-A-S. Ella es una mujer. Ella, Ella. Es, es una, una mujer. mujer. There we go. Got it that time. G-R-A-C-I-A-S is gracias. I'm not a good speller, y'all. What can I say? G-R-A-C-I-A-S. Okay. Oh, well, we didn't quite make it. So, too many mistakes. We'll try next time. Bye. As a worker of two full-time jobs, running a podcast and coaching, every minute counts in my day-to-day. It's hard to be consistent in any of my social medias. And at this point, I cannot hire a social media manager. Pinnacle AI to the rescue! I've been using Pinnacle AI for a couple of weeks now. I've seen big improvements in my outreach and consistency in all my social medias. Do you want to save time and increase your productivity too? Go to tuepodcast.net backslash AI for more information. Save yourself time and grow your brand. Try it now and see what it can do for you.